Rockstar Energy Punch, bringing a bold and unapologetic flavor packed with energy through a blend of B vitamins, guarana extract, and 240 milligrams of caffeine to fuel what's next. Rockstar Energy Drink. And welcome back to Across the County. I'm Noah. Thanks for joining me. It's time for yet another chat with one of my favorite people in all of media. I call him the media mastermind, and he hosts America's number one show on pop culture and politics. Of course, I'm talking about the Michael Medved Show with Michael Medved. Check it out, michaelmedved.com. And before we get to the topics of the day, hello, Michael. How was your Thanksgiving? The Thanksgiving was awesome. It was uh, really very terrific. We have five grandchildren. Wow. And they're little. Uh, They are a bundle of energy, particularly they egg on one another. So uh, basically it was a lot of uh, adults uh, running around chasing uh, a bunch of under five-year-olds. Sounds like very festive daycare. (laughs) Something like that, yes. (laughs) Um, and well-fed, festive day. Hey, you, you got to enjoy the holiday food, that's for sure. I'm still digesting. Well, I'm excited to have you on the show today to talk about one very lighthearted topic and one not-so-lighthearted topic. Let's start with the first, which is the Thanksgiving holiday. It was just released. Just an absolute beautiful film to see. Of course, I'm talking about The Fablemans, and it's a soft autobiopic on Steven Spielberg by Steven Spielberg from Amblin Entertainment, starring, of course, Michelle Williams, Paul Dano, Seth Rogen, and Gabriel LaBelle. And I hashtagged a couple of hashtags, Michael, because it really just brings the aura of the film to the audience, especially if they have not seen it. I hashtagged charming, intelligent, insightful, attention-grabbing, and breakout star in Gabriel LaBelle, who in my mind embodied a young Sammy Fableman, in quotes, Steven Spielberg, just almost to a T, kind of looked like him too. Five out of five stars for me, and of course the John Williams score, outstanding as always. Michael, I was ranking my top Spielberg films even before I saw this. Raiders of the Lost Ark, Jaws, this is right up there. Well, I think it is. I would add uh, uh, on top uh, Spielberg films because uh, my top Spielberg films would be E.T., and uh, Saving Private Ryan and Schindler's List. Yes, all good films. Lincoln. Uh, Lincoln is a terrific film. It's one of the the. It's a kind of film we need as a country. It seems to me it's often but forgotten it's about too. It's an excellent picture. Yeah, and uh, unbelievable performance, Oscar-winning performance by Daniel Day Lewis, and actually actually gives you a performance of Lincoln the man not just the leader up there in marble on the Lincoln Memorial. And uh, uh, look, the guy is a master filmmaker. He, uh, he's also a charitably minded guy. And um, a lot of uh, folks may not agree with his politics, uh, which isn't always uh, along the uh, uh, sort of mainstream conservative line. But uh, the, the, the fact is that this is not a political film. Uh, this is, and the one word I would add that the hashtags you gave is moving because for anyone who has ever been touched, and by the way, that's every American today, every American family has been touched by divorce. It's, uh, it's a reality and, uh, they don't want uh, us to give away too much of the movie, but I think it's enough to say that this is about a wonderful family 
a deeply loving family uh, that has uh, some challenges to go through. And uh, the way that it is portrayed, I think, is so profoundly touching and so accurate. And, and apparently, according to Spielberg's sisters who lived through this with him, he has three sisters, no brother, and uh, um, people who are close to the real-life characters involved. This is what is so daring about it is uh, Spielberg isn't making any um, uh, equivocations about, well, this is loosely inspired, loosely based. This is, this is the story of his mom and his dad and him and the sisters and uh, with uh, some of the other people in their lives. There's even a very famous real-life movie director played by David Lynch who turns up in a marvelous sequence at the conclusion of the film. And by the way, my rating is very similar to yours. I don't give five stars. Uh, but I do give four, and this one certainly earns it, in my, in my opinion. It's nice, Michael, because even if you're not a huge Spielberg fan, and I think most people are, but even if you're not, you really, by the end of the film, you get so much more insight on why he has the passion that he has for this industry that he so loved growing up with as a child and how it transformed his life and how he was pushed by certain people in his life to pursue his passions. Right. And it, it also, the more you know about movie history or care about movie history, the more you're going to love this movie. And it's not just for people who are big, what they call cineasts or big cinema people. But uh, for anyone of appreciation at all, it, it, it begins the beginning sequence in the movie. And this isn't giving anything away. No spoilers here. Uh, at the very beginning of the movie, the opening sequence shows his parents trying to persuade him to come in with them to his first movie ever, which is a real movie. Uh, it's called The Greatest Show on Earth. And it was an unlikely Oscar winner back in 1954, so Stephen would have been about six years or seven years old. And uh, just the way it shows him responding to some of the scenes in the movie and being inspired with them and then basically building on them later is part of the genius of the film. It's hard for me to imagine anyone not enjoying uh, The Fablemans. Yeah, I went with several people, and it everybody kind of has a unique type of a film that they like between my wife and my son and myself and a couple of other people went, and we all walked out enjoying it for one reason or the other. I'm glad that you brought up The Greatest Show on Earth, because even though I know the film and I know why it's good, I've never seen it, and this film, The Fablemans, has said, okay, Noah, you need to get it in gear. This film's been around a while. Go see The Greatest Show on Earth. So I'm going to be doing that this next coming weekend. It's pretty corny. But then again, that's, <laughs> that's, what, that's what this movie indicates. And, uh, and what's fascinating, of course, is the difference is they used to make films uh, like The Greatest Show on Earth that would appeal to the whole family and where you could conceivably bring a little kid yes. despite the scary parts in in the movie but uh, uh again the uh, the fablemans has that same idea and 
and and it also one of the things they used to say in the films back in the fifties: "You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll thrill, you'll gasp," and that's kind of what the Fableman offers. Some of it is very funny. Uh, some of it is disturbing because uh, human beings can have disturbing moments. Uh, some of it is sad. Some of it is exultant. But all of it is intensely human. And and it is at its very, very core a tremendous uh, pain to family and to the significance and preponderance in our lives of what what family really means yeah i love what you said it's intensely human and it's about love at the end of the day even though the fableman's mother and father going through a divorce they mention over and over again despite what they're going through the intense love that they have for one another this thing is so pro-family and so pro-human at the same time it's one of the reasons why i love it all right. Well, uh, it, it, and again, it's it's it, it it even makes you smile, and I bet you're smiling to to talk about it after the fact, which is uh, in a season when, for some reason, this holiday season, uh, Hollywood seems to be uh, going overboard for films about cannibalism and mutilation. And uh, tonight, I'm supposed to see one called Violent Night. Oh, that's right? the Santa Claus one, right? Well, I, it's uh, yeah, it's I, uh, I'm I'm not sure I'm going to actually force myself <laughs> to see it because there there are alternatives, but the alternatives one of the alternatives is one of the two major films about cannibalism that are out there for the holiday season, and uh, honest to God, I I do not understand uh, the interest in in the Dahmer series. <laughs> <laughs> on TV or or in cannibalism generally. Uh, I was even a, something of a skeptic, a curmudgeonly skeptic about Silence of the Lambs, which I think is one of the most overrated films in history. Yeah, I've it's heard about the Dahmer series. I've had people tell me about it, Michael, and it's at the end of the day, I'm just not interested in that. You know, there's an expression that my mom, may she rest in peace, used to always use, which is life is too short. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> and, and again, um, I, I see no reason why uh, in these precious moments of life that God has given me, right, that, that I should have my imagination consumed by cannibalism or consumed by cannibals. Well, and that's why at the end of the day, there's so many smiles, as you said, coming out of the Fablemans. You do cry, you smile, you almost feel like you're going through the experiences with this family. And it's a lovely film to go see again and again. My son went to go see it the very next night. He enjoyed it so much. Can I mention another film that I you may, also yes. gave? My, my only other four-star movie of the season, besides the Fablemans, is a film... And and people in the San Diego area should just go for this full full bore because it's about naval aviation and it's the <laughs> the only film about naval aviation that you can say actually outdoes uh, Top Gun uh, Maverick. Oh, now you in, have piqued in my ways. interest, Michael, because that's one of my favorite films. No, it's great. I, I again, I love that film, but the film Devotion is even better. Wow! And one of the fascinating things about it, it's about Korean War aviators, 
And it's a true story uh, about uh, two wingmen who became literally best friends uh, and uh, giving everything for each other and for our country. And uh, it is the, the scenes of aerial combat are the best I've ever seen, period. And they use real airplanes. They had the antique uh, uh, Corsairs uh, that they, they built for the film. And uh, the, the scenes of combat are extraordinary. Uh, the scenes of human interaction are extraordinary. It's about the first ever black naval aviator who's wonderfully played by an actor named Jonathan Majors, who's superb. And his wingman and best friend is uh, a, a white guy with sort of an aristocratic background from Boston who's played by an actor named Glenn Powell. And this is one of those films that uh, is thrilling and, and incredibly moving and very patriotic and uh, in the best and appropriate tradition that uh, all the naval and marine aviators in the San Diego area will, will respond to. Uh, honoring uh, the service and, and, and what it means. And what a knockout picture. You know, and when you use the, the real planes and real aerial maneuvers as Top Gun did, it appears Devotion does as well, it makes it a such more enjoyable experience. You feel like you're part of the picture. I'm glad to hear Devotion does this as well. Well, they do. And they, you, you actually go through the experience repeatedly of how difficult it is. And it is one of those most impossible feats that human beings can do working with machines to land a, uh, a pretty high tech plane on a, uh, an aircraft carrier. And <laughs> no easy feat. No, no, it is. There's so bloody much that can go wrong and occasionally does. And, uh, it's, uh, uh, look, this is, uh, the uh, Oh, and how awesome is this, Michael? I'm just noting here, Glenn Powell in Devotion and Top Gun Maverick. So that's actually pretty cool. Yes, it is. And by the way, he, he can, as an actor and sort of a, a charismatic screen presence, he can uh, stand up there with uh, Tom Cruise very directly. And this film is directed by a guy named E.L. Dillard, who himself uh, is a, uh, I believe he's a Marine Corps veteran, but his dad was a pioneering black naval aviator. And uh, the whole meaning of that and breaking the color line, and there's a scene actually that shows President Truman, who a lot of people forget or maybe never knew, that it was Harry Truman, among many other accomplishments, who desegregated our military, who uh, stopped the, the practice that had been in place all through World War II of separating uh, white units and black units. Uh, Truman changed that and made uh, the, the kind of... Uh, uh, and, and part of the, the reason was the same period of time as Jackie Robinson breaking that ridiculous color bar to, uh, to keep baseball segregated. And uh, then, uh, in fact, Truman said, look, if it's good enough for baseball, uh, maybe for something even more important to America, which is our military. And this takes us through that time period, correct, Michael? 
It does. It does. It, it shows them uh, training together uh, to work with these new planes after after the war, World War Two, and then uh, being called in unexpectedly for a mission to rescue some of the Marines who were trapped at Chosin Reservoir. And for people who know any of the Marine of these uh, Korean War history. It's it's also a tremendous reminder of America's Forgotten War. I saw uh, Devotion was the number three movie in the country over the weekend. Oh, good. And and uh, it's doing well, so it should be around for a little while. And it's it's a kind of movie you you do want to see on the big screen. Well, if anything, I think Top Gun Maverick really set the bar that these are the type of movies that people really want to go out and see. The ones that are about love and family and honor of country and a sense of patriotism. And it sounds like devotion also brings that. So hopefully it's in the theater for several months to come as Top Gun Maverick was. It's not going to see the numbers. But hopefully it's got some legs, Michael. I think and I, I think it will, because right now, I mean, the number one movie in the country is also a kind of it's about family and it's about well, it's about patriotism for a country that doesn't exist. Wakanda Forever, Black Panther. I didn't love that movie as much as I loved uh, The Fablemans or Devotion. Uh, and the title, Wakanda Forever, you kind of feel like you're sitting there forever. It's a very, very long movie. And uh, that's just like a three-hour movie. Yeah, this one I have not uh, and, seen, but I have heard mixed reactions from the audience out there. So it seems as though it might be for some. And I'm even a Marvel guy, but I know some people that like the Marvel genre and are saying, you know what? It didn't leave, live up to expectation. All right. I think that is true. Uh, but at box office expectations, <laughs> it's, a, it's a, a big moneymaker. It's going to make over a billion dollars. Well, good for it for sure. And well, Noah here on Across the County, we've been talking about a couple of great films you can go out and see. As Michael just mentioned, the Marvel blockbuster Wakanda Forever. Go check that out. Please go check out Devotion, starring Glenn Powell, also from Top Gun Maverick. You know his hangman in that movie, and he's in this brand new movie called Devotion, based on a true story, as well as Jonathan Majors in that. And then The Fablemans, which we've been talking about. Tremendous picture. Michael does not give four out of four star reviews. I, I pay attention to his entertainment minute, and I knew I had to talk about this with him when I saw the four out of four, and it's five out of five for me. And it's hashtag everything you want to see, as I mentioned a little bit earlier on. It is charming, intelligent, insightful, attention-grabbing, and you're going to get a breakout star, too, with Gabriel LaBelle. Well, Michael, as we wrap up, we do have a few minutes left, and I do want to cover Trump's announcement. I mean, he announced he is running in 2024. <laughs> I knew you have written an article, The Truth About Trump's Glorious Golden Age. It's linked at michaelmedved.com, an opinion piece there. And I want to know what you think, because personally, I think it's the right time for him to announce. I think that there's a lot of people that don't like his personality, but he could be what the country needs again right now, economically, culturally. I think it was the right move. And we'll see what he says in the months to come. I think it was a good thing. What do you think? Uh, look, um, I, I, I don't think it's a good thing for our politics to be drawn back into the polarization of the Trump era. 
And this goes back to Joe Biden's number one broken promise, which was a promise to unite the country. And the difficulty, I I think, that with Trump's announcement was it was very low key. He didn't want to uh, explode any new controversies. But as a result, uh, he was offering nothing new to a country that wants something new. The country does not want, and I don't think you'll ever find a majority of Americans who say, I want to go back to those four years of Donald Trump, 2017 to 2021. That's what I want to see, is more of that. You don't think, Michael, even from an economic standpoint, because we did see some pretty good numbers during those years. We saw great numbers during those years, and President Trump built up our military, and President Trump was a great president concerning Israel. And uh, this is not saying that uh, uh, America was uh, uh, suffering under the misrule of the worst president we ever had, anything like that. But what it is saying is that the country, uh, there wasn't one month where people thought in polls that the country was on the right track. And part of that was just the level of our politics was just so nasty and, uh, and so polarized where it wasn't just that the other side is wrong, it's the other side is evil and the other side hates the country. And uh, basically it's exhausting and I think it's damaging to our confidence in our country. And then The one thing about the announcement of candidacy that I do think President Trump made very much the right move, he didn't mention anything about the stolen election because he understood, or at least his advisors understood, or the people who helped craft that uh, teleprompter speech he delivered, understood that this is not something that Americans Uh, that anywhere near a majority of Americans at large believe in. And in any event, even if they did, there's nothing to do about it. And we have, we are now closer to the new election, uh, the election of 2024 than we were to the election of 2020. Yeah, which is exactly the point you just made. It's time to move on. Whether you want Trump or not, you don't need to worry about the 2020 election. It, what are you going to do for me next? If you are running, that's what people want to hear. Well, exactly right. And what is it that's going to be new and that's going to be different? And in other words, to just say, well, I'm going to go back and finish the wall. Uh, okay. Um, but the, 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 the problem here is honestly, I think the Americans want to move in a different direction from Trump and from Biden. And my strong suspicion, I don't think Biden is going to be renominated by the Democrats. I don't think he's going to run. Uh, I don't think he'll be strong and, enough. No, I, I think you're right. And I think that, that Biden is a likely presidential field dop- dropout. And I do think that with uh, Biden... Uh, withdrawing, and which means you're going to have some kind of younger, more dynamic Democratic candidate. Uh, I, I think that when after Biden drops out, that uh, within a couple of months of that, the the enthusiasm, uh, such as it is, on Trump's return will modulate and dissipate. 
Well, and, and that's uh, where I want to ask you, because obviously we're in this collateral dollar ditch right now where it's, we seem to be stuck there and digging deeper with people in charge, not really making wise decisions. Is there someone else out there that you would rather see on the conservative side win the presidency that could make some serious strides at moving us back to a nation of economic growth and prosperity? Sure. Um, the, my, my preferred candidate at the moment of the potential candidates for the Republicans is Tim Scott, the senator from South Carolina. I, I also think that Mike Pompeo, the former Secretary of State, former congressman from Kansas, has been running a very good campaign. He's a brilliant guy. I think he would be extremely capable. I think Mike Pence, uh, Mike Pence's book is, I thought, pretty terrific. And Mike Pence, who was associated with the best parts of the Trump administration and dissociated himself from some of the worst parts of the Trump administration, is somebody who's worth considering. And uh, Nikki Haley, there's more there. I am I have a wait and see attitude toward Governor DeSantis, but he's been a terrific governor of Florida. And the the truth of the matter is one of the reasons that I do think that uh, 2024 is likely to be a Republican year is we have so many terrific potential candidates. I just mentioned, I think, five of them. And uh, the Democrats have Kamala Harris. I don't think so. Uh, And a a replacement for Biden. I mean, right now, there are a lot of Democrats who are talking. There's not a lot of depth in their field, is there, Michael? Well, no, unless you want to persuade Gavin Newsom to, <laughs> to actually give up. He withdrew from the race recently yeah. and no one even noticed uh, because he said he's not going to challenge Biden. And uh, the, the truth is the Democrats do not have they, they, they're looking now at big Gretch, uh, Gretchen Whitmer, the governor of Michigan. And uh, do I think that uh uh, that a younger, uh, more dynamic, more mainstream Republican who is selling hope rather than anger, which it seems to me is uh, an a- appropriate shift in emphasis, that, uh, that that kind of Republican could win and will win in 2024. I do believe they will. Well, whether you like Trump or not, he is in it uh, could at least appear interesting over the next year if he's going to make some headway michael he's definitely got to say what he's all about what he stands for i did like his run in his presidency for the first term so time will tell but you brought up some really great names we'll see if any more come to the forefront as we approach the election but i'm just happy to have you on and dissect not just these things but all things entertainment especially when we talked about the movie devotion and also especially the fablemans which i really hope over this holiday season people can go out and enjoy that with the entire family because it really is a movie for the entire family and I hope you had a great Thanksgiving, Michael, and are still burning off the calories. I know I am. I even had some Jewish challah bread, which is one of my traditions from my grandmother, and I ate probably too much of that. Well, well, you can't eat too much. It's, uh, and obviously, and as you know, on Thanksgiving, there are no calories. <laughs> they're negative calories. You, you don't gain, you know, that's right. That's right. It's all health food. And especially the cranberry sauce. No, it's, it's, it's one of those things where... I think that uh, they used to have a war on Christmas and then Christmas won, right? Pretty, yep. pretty clearly. I think that subsided. 
right now there's this heated war on Thanksgiving, and I think Thanksgiving is going to win and deserve to win. And you, you just have to imagine the most unreformed uh, and uh, uh, incorrigible scrooges is what it takes for people to make war on Christmas or to make war on Thanksgiving. And uh, fortunately, the holidays are going to win. Holidays are always going to win. Don't mess with my Jewish challah bread or my turkey. Those are two things that I have to have on a yearly basis. And Michael just agreed with me. Mike, thanks for coming back on the show. It is always a great pleasure to have you on Across the County. You bet, Noah. And and congratulations to you and your wife and and your family in uh, hosting a great big Thanksgiving, you mentioned, and and more uh, joys with uh, family and uh, the land of freedom uh, in the months to come. Well, thank you and best to you and yours. And that's what we're all about here, trying to make America the best possible nation it can be, which is why we talked about what we did at the end. And it's why we have you on the show. We'll see Michael Medved next time. Head to michaelmedved.com. Now it's time for Medved's Entertainment Minute. Michelle Williams and Paul Dano co-star as the parents of a young boy growing up in the 1950s who's addicted to making movies in Steven Spielberg's frankly autobiographical The Fablemans, now playing in theaters. What kind of movie are we going to make? You stop making movies, it'll break your mother's heart. I don't know what to do anymore. Family, it'll tear you in two. You do what your heart says you have to. The cast is consistently superb, including Judd Hirsch in a small part as a visiting uncle. And this substantial film, two and a half hours long, never lags for a moment with its heartfelt and unforgettable characterizations. The theme that even deeply loving families have their mysteries and surprises combines with a coming-of-age story that will naturally receive intense Oscar attention. Rated PG-13 for some scenes of pain and heartbreak, four stars for the marvelous the Fablemans. Lots of channels. Nothing to watch. Especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel. Straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525.